0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Michael Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, for those of you that were a little late, you might have been able to see the title of my message this morning because I was late in getting that to, uh, to the powers that be. But I want to talk to you about How bright is your light this morning? How bright is your light? There are a lot of, like I said, a lot of wonderful things going on in abundant life right now. Those of you that weren't here last week, um, for one reason or another, um, missed out on on the giving of certificates. I believe we had twenty two certificates that were handed out for Holy Ghosts and baptisms in just this short period of time. This morning, as we have altar call, we will have two two more baptisms, at least, that we're aware of at this point. God is moving in a mighty way. And it's our job to tell people about how God is moving. Amen? So Matthew chapter five and verse 14 says, "'Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle And put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before men. God bless you. You may be seated. I do want to thank um, our youth and all of those that Um, On Friday night, came for prayer. Uh, It was a wonderful time and and a a great time of preparation for the service. Those of you that prayed before the service, it has a powerful impact. And uh, again, I appreciate everyone's sacrifice in preparing for this morning's message. Now, if I were to take a lantern in this place this morning and light it up here, First, we'd probably get some scared people, knowing the Kylie's tendency to be pyromaniacs. Um, but if I, were to, if I were to light a lantern up here and turn that thing all the way up, it would not make much of a difference. Because this place has a lot of light. Now, you're going to spe- you're gonna have to preach with me this morning with all these wonderful metaphors, okay? But in this church, there's a lot of light. But if you were to take that same lantern and put it in a dark room, you'd be amazed at the amount of light that it would give off. That you didn't see while it was in the light, but once it was in the darkness, how much it illuminated things. We are living in a day and time where darkness is trying to overcome the light. Um, we don't have to go back very far to see some of the evil in this world. Last Sunday, obviously, a horrible display of evil. But this isn't anything new to us. How many of you remember 9-11? Tragedy happens. People are looking for light. They're looking for answers. They're looking... And, and sometimes we don't have those answers. But we know someone who does. We know where the light comes from. And we need to be that light. It's great that we're shining our light in here. It's great that we love one another. The Bible says, how will you know them? By the love that they have one for another. So when we look at those and we're, and we're being... Good solid lights here, but we need to take that light outside of these walls. Because sometimes the church can become our bushel. And we're not supposed to hide our light under a bushel. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. We are in a spiritual warfare, against darkness. And the amazing thing is is that we are and contain the solution. For years people have battled all sorts of diseases unsuccessfully. We would we would be ecstatic if we could find the cure for cancer. Well, what about a cure for your soul? How many of you have, have had any contact with anybody that's had a problem with cancer? Everybody in this church has. How excited would you be if that person was able to find that cure? How excited are you that you have the cure? Not as excited, apparently. So we should not be warring after the flesh. We have to be able to recognize how the spiritual battle is taking place. We must recognize that the devil is going to try to have us battle and destroy one another. And how he does that is he goes after our flesh. I'll give you an example. I happen to be a very opinionated person you ask me a question, I will probably share my opinion with you. We may not have the same opinion on some things. Here's the thing. If I think that my opinion may offend you, maybe I should keep it to myself. Now, some of you would say, well, hey, you have a First Amendment right. Well, yes, I do. And I also have a brain that God gave me. And sometimes I need to keep my mouth shut because if that's going to be an offensive thing that I say to that person or that could hurt that person in some way, shape, or form, I either need to find a different way to say it or not say it at all. Because that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to fight one another. Well, yes, you're entitled to your opinion. Yes, I am, and I have a lot of them. I get to. I, I have a, a coworker, colleague of mine, um, that is uh, leans a different direction than I do um, when it comes to politics. We have very good conversations because we both respect that we're coming from different areas, but we can have a discussion to find a neutral ground. We have that same thing here in the church. But our neutral ground is the Bible. You're gonna have some things that you believe and I'm gonna have some things that I believe but the only thing that really matters in that case is what the word says. When we come together as Christians, we should be able to be unified in the direction that we're going regardless of our opinion. So you may say, Again, you know, you're going to run into these situations every day. Think, please, and understand again that the devil is not trying to help you in any way. He is trying to hurt you and try to get you to hurt as many people as you possibly can. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 11 says, A fool uttereth all his mind. But a wise man keepeth until afterwards. We don't have to say everything that's on our mind, even if we think that we're right. Romans chapter 14 and verse 12 says, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Verse 13 says, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. The reason I'm sharing this with you is because this is what the Bible says. It's not just Mike Kylie's version. This is what it says, and it's King James version. I don't have one. I promise. But we need to make sure that the message that we're we're spreading is bringing light and not darkness to this world and to our brothers and sisters. I know that we have a lot of guests here today and we are so thankful for you being here. And I promise you that this message is for everyone in this place. I had a horrible night's sleep last night. God kept waking me up with different thoughts and I'm like, man, come on. I've had this thing ready for a week. You couldn't have told me Friday night before I went to bed? But this is for everyone because we all battle it. You can't turn on the news right now without seeing something about this. Again, we need to make sure that our message is bringing light. There are a lot of people in this world that declare they're Christians. A lot of people. I say, show me your light. Show me how you're making this a better place. Show me how you care about every person. And that you'll treat that person with kindness, love, and compassion. First John chapter 2 and verse 9 says, He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness, even until now. But he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness. And walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. He says he's a Christian. Says he's in the light, but he hates. Therefore he's in darkness. So how do we bring light into the darkness? Philippians chapter four and verse seven says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, And if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So I could probably end right there, but I don't want you to leave without hearing the rest. That's how we bring light to the world. Think on those things. Now it's hard. I know it. We have to be positive and uplifting. We have to be encouraging. We have to be different. For those of you that are guests here today, again, somehow, somewhere, or in someone, you saw a light. It may have been subtle, but it's a light. The Bible talks about it. Be more than happy to share it with you afterwards. But you're here for a reason today. Because there was a light. See, people are naturally drawn to light. You ever see those, those lights in the summer flashing around? And you can see them in the sky, but you don't know where they're at. You're like, oh, I wonder what's going on over there. Maybe we should check it out. You're driving, down, driving through Illinois. <laughs> Sorry about that. But you see light. It's like, wow, there's something there. I wonder what's going on. People are attracted to light. There's a reason carnivals are lit up and not dark and gloomy. People like light. Human nature helps us to keep away from the darkness. I don't know what's behind that veil of darkness. Something's going to hurt me. What's there? Is it a cliff? That's that's where my wife would go. Don't go in the dark. You're going to fall off a cliff and die. Scared of heights and... Scared that I, we were at the Grand Canyon and I walked out to the edge because it was gonna be a cool picture. She wouldn't go out, she wouldn't even look. She's gonna die. So make sure the life insurance policy's in place. She's good. No, she wouldn't say that, I promise. But we're, we're no matter how manly or womanly you are, there's a fear in the darkness. I felt it. I, so let me give you a, a, a quick sidebar here. A couple years ago, Um, we were up in Crandon, deer hunting. I shot a deer at night. Got to taking care of the deer and I had a very dim flashlight. But I had to drag a deer anyway. But I was sitting there in complete darkness in the woods and that eerie sound of the wolves howling started to pierce the sky. And I will tell you that I quickly checked and found that I only had three bullets left. And I knew that that would not be enough. (laughs) There's fear in darkness. Whether we believe it or not, most of this world right now is living in fear. They're scared. Some of them are scared of the light because they're so used to the darkness, to sitting there in fear. They don't know where to turn. They don't know what to do. i struggle sometimes with being negative i know it's tough to believe such a positive guy part of it is something that i i kind of self-taught myself in a bad way i'm not encouraging anybody to take this on but um i tend to sometimes think ahead to the worst case scenario because then if it's better than that it's good right so it, drives my, it does drive my wife nuts because I have a scenario that I'm dealing with. I am like, well, then this is going to happen, this, that's probably going to happen, and then that. So no, we're not doing it. Not happening because this is going to end up bad. Well, you don't know that. But it's something that I actually programmed myself to start thinking that way. And I had some helps along the way. Working in a prison doesn't help you with positive thinking, let me tell you that. But, but I, I noticed that I was doing that with everything. And I had to determine within myself that I needed to change that. But, but it's easy to be negative. See, on a daily basis, it's easy to jump into a negative conversation. It's easy to critique people. And more, make it more negative by piling on, whether it's your boss, hate the place I work, whatever it is. How many, here, let's, let's go real down to basics. So a couple weeks ago, we were watching the Packer game against the Bengals. Man, was that first part of the game easy to be negative, right? I mean, if you watch the Packer game, I know you weren't being like, oh, they're doing such a good job. Love them, guys. No, it's easy to pick on people's faults. Well, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? But man, the minute Geronimo Allison caught that 80-yard pass, you were like, these guys are the best people in the world. (laughs) Overshot everything. The point is, is that it's easy for us to look at the negatives in people. It's easy to pick out things that are flaws or errors in people. Instead of looking for the positives. Instead of saying, man, you do that really good, or man, you do that really well. Not speaking negatively or standing up for what's right is not usually an easy thing to do. I'll, I'll give you, here's another example. Any, I, I made the mistake of watching the news the other day. Any of you watch the news on a regular basis? Some of you? Okay. I, I noticed one of the tricks that they're using right now. So if you, go, if you turn on the news... Um, for some reason. Um, the top news stories of the day. Anybody ever see a positive one? Here's what they do. They take, they have one story. They do it, they have one. And they, they start teasing it at about 10, 12. Oh, we're gonna have this heartwarming story of this situation that came up. And they hold you. They, they play that thing at like 10, 29, 30 because they are holding you on. And you know what? I'm betting a lot of people are holding on to see that one good, positive story. Because we are so desperate to hear something positive in this world that we will take 30 minutes almost of negativity and annoyance for just that little glimpse of light that little thing that says, man, this world is not total garbage. And we, we will hold on to it, man. If I gotta wait, I'll do it. I actually found myself the other day, I'm at work, and I'm like, I typed in positive news stories. Good luck. You know, honestly, it's, it's crazy. But when you are positive and when you are encouraging and you're bringing the good stories and the good things to light, like your testimony, things that can encourage people, it changes your attitude and their attitude. It changes your demeanor and their demeanor. My mom used to say you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. I have a good example, and I'll embarrass her a little bit today. Um, Delena has a very cool thing that she does on a very regular basis when we go out to eat. And my wife and I have talked about it, and we're really impressed because I don't know exactly where she got it from. I'd like to take credit for it, but I can't. But when we go out to eat, a lot of times when we have somebody, a waitress or a waiter come and serve us, she tries to find something that she can compliment them on. Oh, those are really pretty earrings. I like your shirt. That's a really nice skirt. I like your hair. I like that, or I like that. It is amazing when you see the attitude change in someone that is just doing the mundane here's your water, here's your. That's why she loves Betty at Sunnyside, because Betty comes over and she's happy. And sometimes happy because she's seeing Delena. Because is going to give her a compliment. We can change the darkness into light. We can do it with our attitude and with what we have inside of us. Ephesians chapter 4 and 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers grace unto the hears. You've all heard this one. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. There will be times when you have to be direct and firm. I understand that. There are some people that need that, but that should be a rare occasion, not the norm. We shouldn't, we should be an example of love and kindness. You know, I've determined even you know, I, I I follow some friends on on Facebook, and and I I know some of you are very against Facebook, and I I get that. When I when I go on there, I, I've tried to do something different. I try to post or repost things that are positive, things that are uplifting, things that are encouraging. I I was tempted. Brother Matson put something out the other day, and it was a tremendous message from a guy at a. Uh, At a graduation ceremony. I was so tempted to to have it played this morning. But, you know, I saw it and I was like, man, see, this is the type of stuff. These are the positive things that need to be shared. You know, somebody talking about the good things that have happened in life, his good examples, talking about God getting them through difficult times, struggles, and trials. We can bring that light to people. But we can only control ourselves and our actions. That's what we've told our children for years. You can only control you. Right? Too often we try to control other people. That becomes a problem. Because we see something that somebody posted on Facebook. Oh, that's negative. I don't like that. I don't like that person now, they're evil. I know some of you do it, or you just unfriend them, like I'm not going to follow them anymore. I don't like that idea. That's okay. Don't follow them. Maybe you should get off of Facebook. We'll talk. But we can only control ourselves. See, our kids would come home and they'd say, well, so-and-so did this, or they did that, and, and basically saying that their reaction justifies a reaction that's equal to or greater than what that person did. Well, that's just going to have a snowball effect, right? We know that. So what we would tell them is, you can only control you. You cannot control other people. I heard someone say one time, I think it was Lou Holtz, he said, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. The great thing is that life may be throwing a lot of garbage on your lawn. And you responded by being here today. And I promise you that God sees that sacrifice. God knows what you're going through. God knows why you're here this morning. And God knows what you what you need this morning. There are plenty of people decided today that they were just too tired Too upset, too offended to go to church. But not you. You made a choice to be here. And here are some positives. Did you know that God has already paid the price for all of your sins? Did you know that God has given you the opportunity to live for eternity with him? Did you know that you don't have to battle that addiction alone? Did you know that God can free you from your chains of bondage that are holding you back from a life of joy and peace? Did you know that I'm part of the family of God and I'm here to help you in any way that I can? Did you know that I would be willing to spend one night a week with you for the next 12 weeks to help you with questions that you may have about a Bible, about the Bible, and we can study it together. Light. How do we bring light? You know, up north we have, we have several lanterns that decorate the walls of the cabin. And I've only ever used a lantern on a couple of occasions, but I recall that when you used a lantern, the higher you turned up that wick, the brighter it it got. And the, and the larger the flame became. But as you lowered the wick, or the wick ran out, the dimmer that light became. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1 talks about the parable of the, of the virgins. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go rather them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. I've read this scripture I don't know how many times, and it occurred to me I would like a little bit more information on this whole lamp trimming thing. So I found some interesting things about lamp trimming, and I want to share those with you. It says a poorly trimmed wick creates a flame which is dim and smoky, it's not maintained. Not taken care of creates a flame which is dim and smoky. Trimming the wick, which drew the oil up from the storage reservoir, so that the flame would be clean and bright, is part of the care involved in trimming a lamp. Let me let me give that to you again. It draws oil up from the storage reservoir so that the flame would be clean and bright. When lit, the wick should burn cleanly all the way up to the highest flame it can make. When we look in verse 7, it says, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, but some didn't have oil in the reservoir. They didn't bring any oil. Some of us today need to trim our lamps. We need to dig into that reservoir of oil. And we need to be refilled. Some of us are running on empty. Some of us are asking the same questions out there that other people are. Why? How? Where do I go from here? That's why we need the oil. That's why we need the Spirit of God in our life. Because the only way that we can bring light is to have that oil in our lives and have our lamps trimmed. You all know what happened to the five that went to, to buy oil. Didn't work out well for them. But there were five of them made, made sure that they had oil. And that their light could shine brightly because it was trimmed. You stand with me this morning. If you came here to find peace in your storm, if you've come to reclaim the joy that you gave up, if you've come to rekindle a relationship that you once had with God or if you came to find freedom from sin and start a relationship with God, you're in the right place. You're in a place where the presence of the Lord is. And where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's opportunity, and there's anointing. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, And holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him. And I'm going to interject, let your light shine. Who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You are the people of God. You've been bought with a price. Let his light shine in you and let your light shine as bright as it possibly can. Because no matter how dark the night, you can be the light. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for your mighty presence in this place this morning. I thank you for bringing light to our lives and giving us opportunity to be here in your presence. And I pray for a holy anointing upon this altar call, Lord, that you would pour out that spirit, the light, Lord God, into each and every one of us. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at org.